0: Thank you, guys. This Lamar Praise Team for setting a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere, as always. All right, let's uh, uh, get into Acts 19. We'll jump into what we're going to talk about today. You know, we kind of, Lord, gave me a shift. I know I only did two weeks on in your hands, but just trying to be obedient, right? So we're going to be talking about positioned authority today. Positioned authority. Now, the interesting thing is these, uh, today's message and Sunday's message will connect, but it'll be two different t- sides of the coin. So, so Sunday's message will be uh, a different spirit, uh, but it'll be another side of the coin of, of what God is trying to uh, reveal and show to us. Uh So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. praise the Lord. Our sound person was just making sure I was on cue. All right, <laughs> so, all right. These things happen, right? All right, so Acts chapter 19, verse 11. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. Again, we're, we're speaking from the topic of positioned authority. This is good because we... You know, it's always layered learning. We're doing spiritual authority in the, the Bible school. And as I just finished stating, we're going to be talking about a different spirit on Sunday morning. All right, so verse 11, it says, And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Now, there's the reason why I put special miracles, Right. It says, so that from his body, it's interesting with some of the stuff we talked about this morning, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs. You know what? Let me, let me, let me switch up here. I want to read this out of the amplified, right? Or as my wife says, out of the amp. You could not, you could not even be a Bible scholar, and my wife would be like, I want to read this out of the amp. It sounds so cool when she says it, Right? All right, so it says uh, God was doing extraordinary and unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or face towels or aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. So he's so saturated with the anointing, anything that he touched was saturated with the anointing. So remember, we were talking about that this morning. So the same thing. You know, somebody saturated with an evil spirit, anything they touch is saturated with an evil spirit. You got that from this morning? You know, right? So uh, it says the evil spirits came out of them. It says, then some of the traveling, key here is Jewish exorcists. So these are Jews that walk around casting out demons, right? Uh, also attempted to call the name of the Lord Jesus Over those who had evil spirits saying, I implore you and solemnly command you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Seven sons of one named Sceva, a Jewish chief priest. So these were preacher's kids, right? It says we're doing this. But the evil spirit retorted or or rebuttaled, "Um, I know and recognize and acknowledge Jesus right i know about paul but as for you who are you <laughs> then the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they ran out of that house in terror stripped naked and wounded this became known to all who lived in ephesus both jews and greeks and the, and fear fell upon them all and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified and exalted. Now, now, I thought that was powerful because, you know, obviously they were trying to operate in a certain level of authority that Paul had, right? And, and even the evil spirits identify who was in authority. Jesus, I know and recognize. Paul, I know of. Well, who are you? So, so so, and then because the other people heard them, the evil spirit, identifying Jesus and Paul from that day forward. Uh, hold on, hold on. Let me see if I could do it this way. Uh, let me go to the Amplified. So, I want to read 18 through 20 just to show you the impact of this. Uh, let's see. Acts. Where you at, Acts? Acts 19, 18. All right, it says, many also of those who were now believers came making full confession and thoroughly exposing their former deceptive and evil practices. So based, based on hearing the evil spirits acknowledge who was in authority, it's like, well, why would we roll with them? <laughs> Let's roll with this Jesus and Paul. It says, that many of those who had practiced curious, magical arts collected their books and throwing them book after book on a pile, burned them in the sight of everybody. And when they counted the value of them, they found it amounted to 50,000 pieces of silver. This says about $9,300, but, you know, uh, my open Bible says it was like $9 million, Right? Right? But they they talked about this this morning. Remember we talked about sometimes people don't let things go because of the value? But when they realized this was diametrically opposed to what God was doing, they didn't care about the value. Right? It says, thus the word of the Lord concerning uh, the attainment through Christ of eternal salvation in the kingdom of God grew and spread and intensified, prevailing mightily once they recognize people in authority, right? All right, so I, so, I, so I wanted to make sure I emphasized that because here you have one per, two people obviously were in authority, one person speaking under the, uh, the, uh, as a delegated authority that have submitted to Christ in Paul, right? And then you have those that were trying to operate of the position of authority. You know, they had the title of exorcist. You know, they were, they were sons of a Jewish priest, but they had positioned authority. They didn't have true spiritual authority. You see the difference there, right? And, and it, it, it actually shows, see, as long as you don't have to do nothing by faith, and as long as you don't have to bind and loose anything, as long as you don't have to operate in signs, wonders, and miracles, everybody can go around talking about the authority they got, Right? But, but it actually looks like something. Does that make sense? All right, so many are in position only authority. They're, 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 they're positioned only authority, not spiritually authorized authority. And so we were a while ago, as we're, we're progressively growing into what our supernatural restoration, we were going over loopholes, right? Remember, living in a loophole. Well, loopholes cost us spiritual authority. See, because loopholes is I'm trying to get around that which I should be embracing, right? And what happens is we actually figure out ways to avoid paying our entry fee for spiritual authority. We actually figure out ways to avoid paying the entry fee for spiritual authority. Some things in life, like sometimes you can get into the theater without a ticket, but you can't get into spiritual authority without paying a price, right? You're You're not getting around that. And so the entry fee for spiritual authority is called obedience, right? And that's facilitated by an active submission to the things that God has set up. And so I shared this uh, doing that loophole teaching, how like even as a pastor, you know, again, we're so busy and stuff like that. You know, we love people, we're empowering uh, people, like we're not insecure. Our whole job is to serve people into what their purpose and position to do. You know, so when you see people, you know, they they can have a flicker or a glimpse of you, try to put people in position. But this is the thing, you could, I we can position you, but we can't give you authority. Authority comes from God. And, you know, I, it was a while back, it had some people corner me, it was like, well, you know, you need to let everybody know that we're in authority. Nah, it's not, no. <laughs> I afforded you the position, now you have to go deeper in God's presence to operate in the authority, right? That ain't on me, it, because even if, so I, if, I don't want to use your So I put Pete in a position, right? So we, we you know, God says put Pete in the position. So Pete wants me to make sure I tell everybody, he's in charge. Well, people are only following Pete because what? I said he's in charge. So as soon as I'm not around, they ain't following Pete because Pete ain't got no authority, right? He rolling on, on my rap, right? Let's look at this. Let's look at an example of this. Second uh, Kings. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to give you the passage, and I'll just talk about it just for the sake of time, okay? So 2 Kings 11, 1 through 17. Now, this is a story. You know, you had these, uh, you had uh, kings, you know, trying to come after, you know, after David. You had different people coming in kingdoms. kingdom. Some, some of the sons, they're right. Some of them, they're wrong. And so in this particular case, I'm going to say, Liar, I believe is what her name was. Her son was, one of her sons was killed. And so what she did was she went and she says, okay, I'm gonna take out all the royal offspring of the king. So there'd be nobody over the throne. So basically I'm gonna take authority is basically what she was doing. So, so when everybody found out what she was doing, they took uh, uh, Joash, uh, J-O-A. S-H, and they, uh, they hit him in the temple. It's interesting, they hit him like in plain sight. You know, they hit him in the temple for like six years, right? And then uh, the priest at that time, J Jehoiada, J- J- uh, I might not be saying his name right. So when the time was right after the six years, because he was real young, after the six years, he says, okay, this is what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to get all your soldiers, all the soldiers that was with the previous king, you know, I want y'all to get the soldiers together, uh, bring Joash, I'm going to put the crown on them. And then I want everybody to scream, you know, uh, long live King Joash, whatever. So, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Athaliah, when she heard it, like she realized like, uh uh-oh, I didn't kill them all, (laughs) Like I thought, I took them out. I didn't kill them all. So she, uh, and then she realized, okay, you know, because you know, you try to ask you, you the people that you think are loyal to you. I, 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 I'm the king. I, I run, run this. But they wasn't with her. And so, so then they were gonna take her out, but she wasn't gonna leave the temple because she knew they wasn't gonna kill her in the temple. So she's like held. Them. <laughs> like, like, like they, they almost they had to drag her out because she knew if I stay in here, then I won't die. You know, if I got to stay here for the rest of my life, right here, I'm not going to die. But the point there is she took a position. But when the real person in authority came, she had no value. She had no followers. You know, that's why you want God to appoint you, right? When the true authorized uh, authority shows up, it's going to mess you. And so, so uh, I'll give you this one just as another consideration, another offering here. First Kings 12, 4 through 17, please write that down. So These are great stories to study out just to see how things process in terms of authority and how some people try to cheat or, or get around a process. First Kings 12, 4 through 17, right? All right, so now this is the story of uh, Rehoboam. So Rehoboam, so you got Jeroboam and Rehoboam, you know Solomon's sons. So Rehoboam actually gets the the throne. All right. So when he gets the throne, he, you know, again, I'm I'm young. I wanna I wanna I wanna seek advisors. So he goes to the old man and he says, All right, how should I run the throne? You know, because I know Solomon ran the throne a certain way. So so the old man said, Listen, Solomon was really wise. When he, he, he had boundaries, but he was sensitive to the people. Like he kind of, he listened to the people's voice. You know, he, he, he wasn't going to compromise God, but he did give, he, he wasn't just running over them, right? Now he was, and even though he, he didn't just run over them and consider the people, they thought he was kind of, he was too tough. They thought he was somewhat rigid. So they, they still was complaining. So this is the wisdom that you should operate in. And basically, everybody going to follow you, no problem. Well, he forsook the old man's vice and and the the guys he grew up with, he went to get advice from them. So he went went to the fellas. So he goes to the fellas. He said, listen, what you need to do, tell them, oh, oh, my dad uh, made it hard for y'all. It won't even be close to what I'm about to do to y'all. He says, basically, the strength, if you look at the, 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 if you look at the strength of my peak, pinky is going to be stronger and my wrath is going to be stronger than what my dad did, just let them know, oh, oh, y'all got it twisted. I ain't soft like my dad, right? So he followed the advice of the fellows and the young guys, and he lost 11 of the kingdoms, because remember, it's 12 tribes. So he, only, he ended up with just Judah. See, again, he was in the position, but he, he needed to submit to wisdom and advice of the elders, right? So he just had position authority. He didn't have spiritual authority. He didn't want to pay that price. Come on, hanging with the fellas? You know, they was hating anyway. So, see, uh, human beings develop an elaborate mechanism to block the reality of preparation and hide in unauthorized positions. So I repeat that human beings develop an elaborate mechanisms, develop elaborate mechanism to block the reality of preparation, like otherwise interpreted, it don't take all that, or that's not necessary. So you remember we were talking this morning, Bible study fellowship, we were talking about just some of the different things we pick up along the way. Some things we pick up because it's cute. Some things we pick up because it's tradition. Some things we pick up just because we're naive. Right? But when you come to the kingdom, what you're saying is, all right, I'm in the kingdom now. Show me how to live the kingdom life. That's why the Bible says be transformed by the new one in your mind. But a lot of times we're trying to bring an old life into a new world. We go through this in premarital. A lot of times people come to premarital, they already have a momentum. And so what we try to do is give them, okay, well, if you want to be healthy in your marriage, this is what you need to do. But a lot of times they go, ah, nah, 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 but I, I can't let this go, I can't let that go. Why? They've already been flowing in this momentum. But you can't bring a single life into a covenant world, right? Just like you can't live a compromised life in a kingdom world, right? You can't live a disobedient life and live in a world of authority, right? It just doesn't, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't line up. And so what happens is, we have these, we develop these elaborate mechanisms and, and these things. We talked about living in the loophole as one of them to block the reality of preparation and hide in unauthorized positions. So this is the thing. That's, that's why everybody's not in authority. And that's why a lot of people question things in authority, because they can't see the big picture. They only look at what's comfortable for them and what's important for them. They don't seek to understand. They seek to be convenienced. Right? So they don't realize why that decision is made, why that move is made. That's why they're not in a position. Now, we're going to talk about that on a different spirit on Sunday, why some people operate certain ways and why y'all think some things are unfair. Well, how come God favored this person? Well, how come he gave that person? Well, how, why, was it, why, was, why was it Jacob and not Esau? Why, you'll see it's, it's a reason because not because of where they were at, but where they were going right and a lot of times you're you're not allowed to do things now not because of where you're at because of where you're going. Now like there's a price to pay for where you're going. You might want to settle for an unauthorized position today at the expense of what God's trying to get you tomorrow, right? It costs something, right? So so again, leaders operate without authority when they are just positional and not relational. They operate uh, without authority when they are just positional and not relational. So, c- case in point, a parent. Some parents are positional. You're going to do what I tell you to do because I'm the parent. As soon as you turn your back, kids are not doing what you tell telling them to do because they don't respect you. Right? See, rules without relationship breed rebellion. So, if you don't have relationship, why are people following you? They don't trust you. They don't know you. You're lording over them so they're looking to break out at every turn. You're not leading them. Same thing if you have a position and you don't, you don't meet a lot, you don't fellowship, you don't do nothing. You're just constantly telling people what to do or constantly checking people when they're not doing stuff. You don't have a relationship. Right? So why, why should somebody flow with you? The parent, uh, God bless his heart, you know, we, you know. We ended on a good note, but I'll have to mention this. So when my dad first came in my life, I was 14. And so this particular day, dad sent me to the eye doctor, so I got my prescription back. You know, this is back in the day, old school. So I told you, out of one eye, if I close this eye, you're all blurry. Open my eye, I see perfect. I can see everything. I can see that thing say rogue down there, that, that, that timer. You know, I can see small, the smallest little details, out of this eye. Well, back then, when they put the medication in, this this lens was real thick. You know, like, well, well, you know, I'm from Newark, so we crack jokes. Like, people that wore glasses thick, we like, we run up to them, yo, man, you, hey, tell me the future, because you can see to tomorrow. You know, like, we would just, you know, we was, everything was a joke. Or, or it was like, you know, when I was little, it was Keith with the glasses, so I had stopped wearing glasses for a long time, which made my eyes worse. So then I get these glasses. I'm like, oh, no, we are not wearing those glasses in school? Oh, no, 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 no. This, this is Newark. I'm not wearing those glasses. So when they gave me the glasses, I was, I was crushed. I was like, I can't wear the, the glasses. One lens thick, one lens, you know, the jokes I'm going to get. And so my dad's visiting the first time to the house. And so when, I, when Ms. Taylor looked at me, it was like, uh, you know, you need to put those glasses on. You know, I kind of broke down, started crying. I was like, "Man, because I, I, I can't wear those glasses." My dad said, "Oh, you gonna wear those glasses?" I stopped crying. I didn't stop crying because I was scared of them. I stopped crying. I was like, almost. Like, I didn't say this because he probably hit me. But I said, "But I'm like, excuse me. Like, we just met. Like, how are you like telling me what to do? You don't even know me yet. Day one, let's 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 kind of develop a relationship or something." Second incident. Uh, We was at this gym, and this guy said we were uh, getting smart with him. To this day, I'm, I'm in denial that I got smart with him, but we'll just say maybe I did. I don't know. But either way, as young as I was, my mind still thought you investigate first. I walked outside. My dad knocked me upside my head. He was like, he said, "Don't you ever get smart with anybody again." First of all, we're still in the same pocket. We just met. I didn't cry or nothing. I just looked like, no, he didn't just hit me upside my head. He ain't asked me no questions. He didn't investigate. He didn't see le- the legitimacy of it. He just hit me upside my head. So I'm walking and my brothers and sisters in size order at the car looking like he just knocked him upside his head. And so I saw I'm like, "Man, I'm going home." Like, so I just you know, because I was supposed to visit his house that weekend. I'm like, man, please. And I said to myself, I'm not, I'm not going to visit. I'm not going to visit anymore. So while I'm walking, he's like, get in the car. I was like, cool, no problem. You got me. I'm getting in the car. Y'all going to take me home. And I'm not coming to visit. And I didn't. My dad was in the hospital. He had a car accident. And I didn't go visit. I, you know, you kids. you stubborn. But what was my thought? You exercise authority without relationship. So, so you're just a parent in position. You see what I'm saying? So the, don't know where. I, see, we'll talk about a different spirit. I had a different spirit. I processed all that as a kid. Like, come on, man. At least, you know, my brother rose up to me. Probably not going to like this, but it's cool. My brother rose up to me. Just leaves, He was going to Shaw out here when I reunited with the family. So school's out in the summer. So he comes home, walks in the house. First thing, this is our first encounter. Walks in the house, hits me in my gut, and was like, I'm going to make you a man. I didn't cry, didn't do nothing. First thing I said to myself, how you know I'm not a man? Obviously, I'm a kid, but I'm saying, you, you coming in saying you toughening me up, based on what? You, don't even, you haven't sat down. You don't know my experience. You don't know what I've gone through. So immi- immediately, I'm operating at a level of resentment even with him. Like, are we serious? And he's like, hit me back. Oh, he saying my cousin hit him back. I was like, first of all, I'm not him. Two, you don't know what? I, I'm by, I'm, I, was, I grew up by myself in the hood. You don't know how many times I done got <laughs> slammed around, knocked upside my head, punched in the face. Are you kidding but anyway, so, so you understand how sometimes we can be p- p- positional and not really operating in true authority, and then we're wondering why we can't bind and lose certain things in our life. So when people are not relational, just positional, they get out ahead of God when they seek to control or rule without a servant's heart. When you try to control or rule situations without a servant's heart, and that's every level, work or anything else, Right you'll find you just uh, are facilitating rebellion. Think about this, Jesus washed feet. He washed the disciples' feet. He was a servant, he fed 5,000. Like he could've been like, man, go home and eat. He was like, no, 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 I'm gonna take care of him. He fed 5,000, he served healing, he served at the sea, he served wisdom, he served authority, right? And he gave authority, he served at the cross. Everything was about service. That's why he has all power. It wasn't about jockeying for position. You see the difference? See, even in uh, in serving, like, uh, uh, Elisha served Elijah. Joshua served Moses. That's why he ended up in his position, right? See, so they learned the secret of a successful ministry is having a servant's heart. And we're not saying serving at our convenience because sometimes that's, that's positional too. I'm doing this so I can get that. I'm not doing it because I have a heart to care for people. Right. And that's easily identified. Like you can see that a mile away, you know, well, I can see it a mile away. Put it that way. I don't know if everybody could. I can. All right. So let's look here. at Mark nine. Let's go here. Mark nine. So we're saying that, you know, a lot of times we seek authority, or we seek positions. It could be in our homes, it could be in our jobs, it could be in the kingdom, it could be in our lives. But we're not—we're we're, we're skipping the preparation for this to operate in this level of authority. So, uh, Mark nine thirty-five. Mark nine thirty-five. So Jesus discerned the uh, disciples uh, talking. I'll start with verse 33. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, "What was it that ye disputed among yourselves?" By the way, you know, while we were walking, by the way, it looked like you guys was having a conversation, <laughs> right? Right? And but they held their peace, for by the way, they had dispute among themselves who should be the greatest, right? But they, they, they try not to share it with him. Right? And he sat down and called the twelve and said, saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all. And, and this is the key servant of all. You know, it's, it's another scripture says, Those that are chief among you must be servants of all. Say, every level of service, is, every level of leadership is a greater level of service. That's that person's operating true spiritual authority. But the person that's in the position to have people serve them is operating in positioned authority, right? I'm just in position so everybody can suck up to me, right? See, this is the key. First Kings 3, 1 through 7, you can uh, write it down so you have to reference it so you can search the scriptures to see if it's so for yourself. But, what I, you know, that, that, that's what grew me. You know, when I read through First Kings 3, that's what changed my life. Because uh my wife would tell you, uh, and actually I'll bring it back, I haven't done it in a long, long time, uh, but I used to teach a lot on understanding. A lot. Like, if I brought my old Bible, took you to the passages on understanding, especially in first uh uh Psalm one nineteen, ninety-eight through one oh one, it talks about, you know, through the words you get understanding, you have more understanding than the ancients, your enemies, um, and even the old folk, right? If you, if, if you went in that passage in my Bible, you would see tons of scriptures on the whole page. I, I studied out every scripture there was on understanding, but it was triggered by 1 Kings 3 because God asked Solomon in the dream. He put him to sleep so he could talk to him in his subconscious, so his conscience could get in the way. And he says, hey, you're doing the right thing. What can I do for you? Solomon said, well, hey, could you just give me understanding? He says, because I, I got all these great people that I'm serving. He says, and I don't know what to say. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't have all the answers for all these people. He says, just give me understanding so I'll be able to navigate and guide them into what their purpose to do. And God said, whoa, 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 whoa. Because you asked for understanding, and it, he says, I'm going to give you wisdom that no one's ever had. That's how he got the wisdom. He got the wisdom because he was requesting for understanding. He says, I'm going to give you riches nobody ever had. And if you keep my commandments, it's the only thing he added a condition to. He says, I'll give you everlasting life, right? But it started with him. He made a request for what was going to benefit the people he was serving, not himself, right? That's why he walked in a great level of authority, right? That's how you pay the price for authority. But we're, you know, what kind you were constantly thinking about ourselves, right? When it's not about us, right? It's not about us. See, again, if you don't seek to understand and be around wisdom, you're gonna walk around ungodly wisdom because ungodly wisdom doesn't wait for you to ask. It floods you. This world system is set up to flood you with ungodly wisdom through music, through song, through media, right? through people in compromised relationships. Like, you don't have to make no request for ungodly wisdom. If you're sitting around doing nothing, ungodly wisdom is, is flooding you each and every day. What's not flooding you each and every day is the wisdom of God. You have to seek the wisdom. You have to ask for it, but you get it liberally. You get it in abundance, but you got to ask for it because there's a level of humility to say I need help. It's a level of humility to say, I need help to help others, right? And that's a part of uh, operating in spiritual authority. So this is the key. Never see yourself above servanthood. Never see yourself above servanthood. And that's the thing at every level you go to. And, and, and I was sharing this. Uh, I don't think you mind me sharing it, but I, was, uh, I, was, I had a conversation with, with Minister Lamar. And when we were talking, you know, he was just talking about, you know, me and my wife, we participate in stuff. That, that's not negative. I'm about to talk about it. Yeah. And he said, so sometimes out of reference, it's like, well, I'm going to back off if you guys participate. I said, we're not participating as overseers. We're participating to grow with the family. We got to grow too. So we're not on Bible study fellowship to make sure it's going right. Uh, uh, Karen and Trina run Bible study fellowship. We're on it, and and of course, there's a rotation of people on. Karen and Trina are responsible for Bible Study Fellowship. I know what I (laughs) say. Trina back there going, no, no, it's all of us. Yes, it's all of us, but if something ain't going right, I ain't calling all y'all. I'm calling Karen, I'm calling Trina. (laughs) Trina Bailey, everybody that's watching right now, sitting right there trying to act like, no, no, it's it's just all, it It is a team, but y'all responsible. All right, we got that? That's clear, right? Everybody heard it, got witnesses, right? But that's the, the thing. So we're on there growing together, right? And so we're on there growing too. Yes, we, there's things that we know that, 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 that we're going to impart and we're going to share. There's things a, a lot of people on there that know. But we're sharing it as, as an offering, not in a position of we're running things. We're growing together. That's why we show fast week. That's why we're here. I guarantee you a lot of pastors doing fast week. That'd be their vacation time. Good. We get a week off. We got people preaching the whole week. Cool. We just go somewhere and watch it from afar. You know, if we watch it, we need a break. You know, oh, no, we sit, sit here, take notes and grow and learn. Some of the stuff, actually, some of the stuff that I'm going to share Wednesday uh, was from when Marcus and Stella taught. Well, well, what I'm teaching is not what they taught, but I'm going to share a nugget from what they taught. You know why? Because I wrote it down. Right? You, You see what I'm saying? So, we're not sitting there going, make sure these people are doing the right thing as we oversee the, man, please. That's not how it rolls. You understand? Like, so you can't, you can't get above serving. That's why some of y'all that are defensive when people are correcting you, you're cheating yourself from authority. Every time you're defensive, you cheat yourself from authority because you're not embracing a correction that's one. It's, it's only punking that natural man to release that spirit man that's going to elevate you in authority. Right? Every time you, every time you just snap back. That's the flesh. That ain't the spirit, man, right? Got to check that, right? That probably stretched somebody just now, didn't it? You better tell me at the end. Don't lie. Don't lie. God is watching. You better tell me. You know, that was me. It stretched me. See? That, that, all that's going to do is elevate you to more authority. Look, the, you think I'm making that up? Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of God. And he said, what? Exalt you in due time. It didn't say in the sight of man. It said in the sight of God. So that means... Like God's looking at your heart in all those situations, right? So I didn't just make that up, right? You want to elevate, stay humble, (laughs) right? Does that make sense? You good? We all right? All right, so leaders must first serve to discover reality while maintaining humility and appreciation along the way. So when you're serving, you discover the reality of what the whole thing is about. And I remember when I first came into the kingdom, I, because I'm a systematic thinker, I, I'm a, I play chess too, right? Uh, I'm a numbers guy, a former math guy. like So systems, I have systems. I get a lot done because I got systems. I got workout systems. I got reading systems. I got on my computer, you know, my wife asked me something I said, yeah, I got a home for that too. I got all these folders on my desktop with all types of stuff. I got folders from, of pictures. I got p- folders of teachings. I got folders of, of the transitions that we do. I got, I got folders for everything. You know, I got folders of administrative stuff. I got folders of the, the manual we're working on, like all types of stuff from way back. Because that's how I operate. Systematically thinking. And so when I came to the kingdom, I'm operating systematically. So when you tell me some faith, okay, I have to plug that into my system, operating faith. It needs to be faith. So sometimes I would do stuff not because of how I felt, but the system says faith is applied here. Then I, then I learned that uh, leaders must first be servants. Servanthood is applied here. But as I was serving, I discovered a reality, David. It's not serving and serving hood is not something you do. It's something you are. I crossed over into it's who I am. It's not just something I do because everybody can do. Okay, so let's, let's take it back in the day to the fellas. You know, you meet somebody and you're trained in the hood. What? Tell the young lady what she, what she want to hear, right? Y'all, y'all forgot about that? Some of y'all ain't been that far away, but. Oh, people out there on TV line. And so, so that's how I was trained. So I'm telling the person exactly what they want to hear. So I can tell you anything you want to hear and be anything you want me to be temporarily, right? I can for quite some time. But eventually, under pressure, who's coming out? Me. And then you're going to think you're breaking brand new. No, you just saw the real me. The other person was the fake. Because I was just doing what it took to accomplish the goal. Once I accomplished the goal, that was my incentive. So that's why I would change on people. Because it's like, ah, we got to talk now? Now I would try to talk, but it wasn't the goal. It wasn't that there. We ain't supposed to be together, but you know, I just, I, I, I fronted it. Well, people do that in ministry and life too. They front a good thing. So that's why God takes us through processes. That's why he has us allowing people to go through it. You ain't saving me, no. Because it's burning out what's going to be in the way for where God wants you to go. So I'm going to let it burn, burn. (laughs) Help me, no. (laughs) Let it burn, why? Because God's purging some things out. And a lot of times we kick and scream, we say it takes too long, but the delay is not the person that's guiding you and leading you. The delay is in your heart. Why is it taking so long? You won't let it go. You won't let it burn. You're trying to protect it from the fire. But God's an all-consuming fire. Let it burn. Let him consume all that mess so we can... So, so now that's not weighing you down from your elevation. You see that? Let it burn, burn. burn. I'm gonna start doing that. So, so, so Pastor Wise, I need you burn, burn. That's the key. Burn. burn. He don't love me no more. Bang! Till you get that mess out your system too. All right, okay. So, <laughs> so, all right, so, so the goal is to serve, right? The goal is to, My to, <laughs> well, like I said the goal is to burn, right? But the goal is to serve, maintaining humility and appreciation along the way, right? Y'all ain't going to let that go. I know y'all not going to let that go. Somebody going to post it. Burn! <laughs> then y'all can give me a trouble. The pastor told me to let you burn. <laughs> now y'all do. <laughs> All right, so this is the gauge here. So if we can, we're trying to gauge if it's positioned or if it's true spiritual authority, right? And so, so, so for, for as, as we're trying to steward everybody into what their purpose to do, you know, a lot of times what God asks us to, to look at, who, are, who is that person serving? So who are you serving and what fruit is being produced as a result? See, so it should be a consistent level of service, but it should be a consistent level of fruit produced. Like even if I'm serving people, like I'm ministering to people all over the, all over the country, local people I just met out here. I, I'll stop what I'm doing and just try to drop nuggets. Why? Because I'm trying to serve people into their salvation. And it should be some fruit. I mean, some people should be following me to church. You know what I'm saying? Like, it shouldn't just be, I shouldn't, you know. It should be some fruit. There should be some, some changes in people's lives, right? And so, are people following you to service? And, and know what they will be following? Your fruit. Right? Right? You see how you get different amens, different decibels, you know, for amen. <laughs> My bad. Right? <laughs> so, are there servant leaders being produced around us? Or are we just making sure we shine? Right? Are lives being saved, changed, transformed, and resurrected around us? Or we just saved? We're changed and we're transformed. All by ourselves, right? The scripture says what? Go ye what? Go ye to all the world. Why? To do what? Make disciples, baptizing, submerging them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? That's our commission, right? So so this is the thing. Our our God-given authority validates the position. The position doesn't validate the authority. Our God-given authority validates the position. The position doesn't validate the authority. David operated in authority without position, without a crown. Remember, he took out the lion, the bear, and Goliath, and 10,000, right? Without a crown. So people weren't intimidated because David had a crown. That bear, that lion, Goliath, and those 10,000 bow down to David's authority, right? Remember, Jeremiah says, I knew you was, uh, uh, before you was in your mother's womb, I ordained your prophet. That's when his authority started. Now he had to serve and submit to authority to, to get all that junk out, let it burn, so he can evolve into what God purposed him to do, right? You see the difference? See, see, Jesus had a level of authority even before the resurrection. Now, how we know? He speaks as one with authority. That was before the resurrection. Even the sins and even the seas and the winds obey him. That was before the resurrection. That's on a boat. He walked on water, defied gravity before the resurrection. You see that? But he stayed submitted to who had all the power That's how he was able to operate, right? Look here at uh, Matthew 10. Because the disciples had power before they had power. I know that's kind of a play with words, right? Uh, Matthew 10, verse 1. Matthew 10, verse 1. It says, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them what? Power, authority, look, against unclean unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease, right? Uh, It gives the names of the 12 in the second verse and in the third verse and in the fourth verse. Let's go to verse five. It says, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, go not in the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he says, when he he gave them this power at first, he says, okay, go to, like, remember I told you evangelism is not skipping over the people around you to get to other people. You got to evangelize people. You know, there's people that need, uh, need uh, jobs, health, uh, benevolence. You can walk right by them and, and be going out here to do your outreach. Right? So Jesus said, let's start with the house of Israel first. Because, see, if we, if, if we get our team together, we're in a better position to deal with the, in, the, the influx of all the people that are, are living out there while and out, right? Verse 7. It says, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely you give. Look, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses. Right? No script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes nor staffs, for the workman is worthy of his meat. And, and And Whatsoever city or town ye enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and thereby till ye go thence. And when ye come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return unto you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or that city, shake the dust off your feet. Right? All right, so now the interesting thing about this entire process is deep because what he's saying is he sent them out. Now, now to, we may get to it next week or so, but this is the first time he gave them power. Now, he goes out with the power. They go out with the power. He said, take no script, so don't go prepared. Don't worry about what you're going to say because he's trying to teach them how to use the power, but mostly value it and appreciate it and to learn how to serve it. And then he also said, there's people that don't receive. He didn't say, stay there and force it. Dust the sand off your feet, right? And he said, he says, freely has been given to you, so freely you should give. So he's teaching them how what? To serve. I'm giving you something. Now I want you to go out and empower other people. They came back and they ran up on a, d- a, d- a demonic influence man, we couldn't do nothing with this. He said, oh, no, no, these come out by prayer and fasting. Do you understand right after that, they were solid students? Because he gave them what they probably would have wanted positionally. They realized they really didn't know what to do with. They were missing some things. So they came back willing to be students to find out what they were missing. And you'll see that he empowered them again later, right? And so, so a lot of times, a lot of times we mean well but, but it's not about the position. It's, it's going deep in God so he can grant you the authority. So some people have titles and positions, but they have no authority. They be wanting at the job. They be getting mad at the job, scared to go to work because, like, ain't nobody listening. And you, you feel insecure. Well, ain't nobody listening to you because you ain't got no authority because authority comes from God. You you're not going deep in God. You're going deeper in self. You're going deeper in manuals and deeper in books. But you haven't really crossed over to understand that the servant receives more value of authority than the lorder. The leader receives more value than the lorder, right? A person that's trying to prove themselves struggles with authority. I'm in charge. No, you're not. Or oh, they're going to listen to me. No, they're not. No, they're not. And if they listen to you, they're looking to sabotage you at every turn. Right? So a lot of times, the the tough part, there are many people in unauthorized positions. Unauthorized positions. It's like stealing a badge in a uniform, but not being authorized by the, uh, the government. See, this is the thing, we're not designed, we're designed for dominion, not deception. So we're supposed to operate in dominion and the way we get the dominion is to decrease so he can increase. But when we don't understand authority, we, we think deception is gonna get us authority, but all that does is get us positions, right? But once again, we're designed for dominion. We were sent to have dominion, to operate in authority but there's a there's a price to pay to get to that. So some some of us have been trying to move things in the spirit realm to manifest in the natural realm without authority. We're trying to bind and loose stuff in our lives and you can't do that without authority. But you there's no authorization without subjection or obedience. You don't have authority if you're not operating in obedience having a readiness to avenge all disobedience, what? When your obedience is fulfilled. And so we, 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 we unnecessarily struggle in life because we go, well, I don't think that's that big deal. I ain't trying to hurt nobody. Well, yes, you are trying to hurt people if you're not going to operate in your position of authority. All creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. So this, your compromise, your obedience, your disobedience and the things that you're doing, you know, kind of live in a... a, a I just call it the wildlife, you know, you're saying you're not hurting nobody. Yes, you are. Because when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. So people can't rejoice because some pe- somebody's in your position. You're clouded in front of position because you're living in lust and you're not living in love and you're not living in service. So you can't even see where you're supposed to be. Right? And so it's it's just not fair. Like you, you, you keep playing this. I'm good right here. I'm good right here. Yeah, but is God's kingdom good with you being right there? I'm just going to do barely enough because I just like being behind the scenes. But does the kingdom require? See, again, I want to know what I was designed for, not what I'm comfortable with. What I'm comfortable with is about me. What I'm designed for is about the kingdom. And we don't show appreciation and value for God saving our lives for eternity, but also in some cases saving our lives here and now. By the Bible says your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price glorified God in your, in your body and in your spirit. First Corinthians 620. Right? My life is not my own. Are we, am I operating like that? Most of us operate like our life is ours. In this culture, they feed us with stuff like I'm going to do me. How about I'm going to do God? Right. How about that? Right. So this is the thing. You don't have this authority until you submit to authority. You operate in a level of subjection. And when we talked about that, it's obedience. Right. So Matthew eight, seven through 10, you can write that down just for the sake of time, because we've talked about it a lot here before. And that's that's what the centurion and the centurion says, hey, uh, Jesus, come to heal my servant. And uh, and Jesus says, OK, oh, no problem. I'll go to your house. He said, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. He said, no, 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 no. He said, just speak the word only. He says, I'm a man under authority. So what he's saying? I submit to authority and I have people under me. I said, go and they go, come and they come. He said, so he said, he says, all you got to do is speak the word only because he knew Jesus is what? A man under authority. And he knew, he knew since you're under authority, everything you say has to obey. I know this principle because since I submit to authority, every, everything that submits to me obeys, right? He says, so I understand. Jesus said, haven't found so great faith in all of Israel, like this guy understands the system better than some people that are supposed to be in the family. See, we think submission because the culture trains us that it's slavery, something's wrong with that. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I'm looking for people to tell me what to do. Obviously, I'm looking for the right people, but I'm looking for somebody to tell me what to do because I understand the system. That's why I serve y'all in everything I do. If, if, I'm, if I'm helping you doing something, I'm serving you. Uh, we need you to do this. Okay, no problem. How you want it done? Somebody asked me to do, uh, do their logo for their T-shirts. I stayed up all night as if I was doing it for the church. Why? I'm serving them. You ask me to do something, I'm serving you. People don't know this. I mean, we've traveled to do weddings, stuff like that, on us. Why? We're serving them. And when we're there, everybody's trying to accommodate us. No, 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 no. We're here to serve y'all. Just tell me what you need. Well, I'm sorry we couldn't do this. Don't worry about it. We ain't here for that. We we ain't here, hey, hey. We the pastors. We in the house. Ain't nobody here for all that. We're here to serve. And that's what we said. No, we're here to serve you guys when we do counseling. We're serving you guys. We're going to serve you with the truth. But we're here to serve you as pastors. We're servants. And so once we learn the system, oh, no, 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 no. So there's, we've prayed for healing and people got healed. That's why, you know, they called me the other day. Uh, something was going on. I prayed. And then I got another call. I just went up to the study and got on my face like I do early in the morning. I wasn't shaking, shivering, or worrying. You know why? Because I can mind to lose some stuff. Because I submit to authority. And that stuff ain't got no, 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 no power over us. Right? That, that, that's exactly what I did. I ain't told nobody. I, y'all, y'all know now what I was doing. But that's what I was doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so submitting to authority. Like, like. that's why, you know, uh, this is uh, Matthew 8 when he had said this. But if... You could write down 27:32. That's when it said, "The winds, sea, sickness disease, demons, everything obeyed Jesus." When he sent the disciples out, Luke 10:17, he says, "Man, even a demon is a subject unto us." Like they, they came back, "Whoa master, this works. Even a demon is a subject unto us." Why? Because they were submitting to Jesus. So, so, so I've said this before, and I'll probably say it more than more, more one time. You know, just like uh, faith threads through our, our church a lot. Purpose is definitely going to thread through our church a lot. Um, spiritual authority is going to thread through the church. And, and, and I've said this before. You can't hustle authority. And is you ever – so I'll use me because maybe you guys never did this. I know you have, but I'm trying to be nice. Like, when I was young, uh, especially when I, I used to get in trouble, I figured out how to lie, right? And so, remember I told you I'm a cerebral thinker. So, you can ask me two years later, I can't get in trouble, and I will tell you the same lie. Because I figure after two years, you're really going to believe me now, right? Like, I was, I was that deep with where I was. And I got to a point where it was a default until when I got to college. One day, I was, I was lying about something. I said, why am I lying? It's not like I'm gonna get a spanking, and then so why am I why am I coming against God for what? So I so from that point on, I said I'm not lying no more. That's when I stopped lying. It's like stupid; it doesn't make sense. But 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 I'll say I I'm I'm saying that to say this like sometimes we we think we can hustle stuff. You know when you're young. one of the athletes is going through this right now where they're saying, that ain't you. You ain't built for that. Well, when you tell people they ain't built for something, if they're in pride, you know what they're going to do? They're going to try to prove to you that they are. And they're going to make things worse. So when you tell somebody, you, don't, you, ain't, you can't handle this, now they're going to try to prove that they can't, as opposed to going, it's probably something I can't handle. Right? When you, when you tell people you can't hustle authority, there's some fool that tries to think this is a category you can hustle in. You can't hustle it. You can hustle people. I can be hustled. Pastor Mel could be hustled. People can be hustled, but you can't hustle God. You see what I'm saying? No matter what, you it's, it's for whatever reason. God, like, and I have been hustled. I've been played, right? But the thing is. One, I just, it, I use it as a character thing. It hurts. I use it as a character thing. Two, I just be watching God move. I was like, wow, God, because I didn't even see that one. So my confidence is not in Keith and not Keith, because sh- I grew up in the streets of North. I pick up uh, some things. Well, I probably pick up a lot of things, but this is stuff I don't, I don't even pick up because I'm busy. I might not pick it up. I like people, so somebody might present themselves well. Then I might discover later, ah, they, they lying, right? But you can't hustle authority. That's the thing. And remember, I can position you. So you can hustle me into the position, but you can't hustle the authority that goes along with it. So you end up going to blow the position anyway because you got to go deep in God to get that, right? So remember this. Even uh, Abraham, Moses. Remember when we were talking about in Exodus 4, uh, 24 to 26. So you remember Moses, who was God, God selected Moses to do some things, right? Came to him, talked to him and everything. Why was he about to kill him? The guy that he selected to lead the people, he was about to kill him. Why was he about to kill him? disobedience, because he was supposed to circumcise his son. He couldn't hustle authority either. If if Moses couldn't hustle, who God talked to face to face, ain't very few of us have heard the audible voice of God. Moses did. Very few of us even seen his backside. Moses did, but he's about to, Moses is about to die because he wasn't obedient. And the the person that wasn't called saved him. Zipporah. Still working now, trying to save Lamar. (laughs) Right? You you see what I'm saying? A loophole almost cost Moses his life. I'm going to tell you right now, keep playing. You, you, You don't think it's life and death, but it is. And God would have got it done just without Moses. The story would have been written different. Might have been written, I don't know, it would have been Aaron. You know, we'll talk about that on Sunday. He probably found somebody else, you know. Aaron was easily influenced. <laughs> he might have to get somebody else. <laughs> you know, maybe another brother or somebody, you know. Right? So, so uh, and, and we're going to, oh, I thought I had eight minutes left. Y'all need to stop playing, man. That's all. We done. I'm sitting there the whole time looking at that thing. They're figuring, like, man, it's a long eight minutes. It's 8 o'clock. Y'all got to leave it on zeros, man. So I play off of zeros. I I don't don't switch it to the time. I'm thinking I'm counting now. It's blinking and everything, too. I'm like, hey, cool. Yeah, so when it gets to zeros, just leave it at zeros, and then I play off of that, all right? Understandable, not a problem. We'll just stop right there. We'll get into understanding leadership and spiritual authority uh, next week. All right.